So if you were here last week, then we explained this to you. But if you weren't, let me just orient you a bit. Um, Steve asked me to, uh, for two weeks, just lead some discussion uh, at the end of this series that you all have been in on fivefold uh, ministry, fivefold gifting. So um, if you weren't around for that series, you can listen to it on the podcast and get up to date on the sermons or if you missed one or two of them. But for a good chunk of the summer, you all as a Gospel Tab family have been going through um, uh, the gifts that are mentioned in Ephesians chapter 4. And I think we have them. We can put them up on the screen here in a moment um, of apostle, prophet, uh, evangelist, shepherd, and teacher. Sometimes around here, you'll hear people reference APEST gifts. That's just the acronym of what you see up on the, up on the screen here. And um, uh, for a decade or more now, Gospel Tab, Greenhouse Network, um, thinking through this scripturally, understanding how God forms ministry teams has just been really key for us to being a family on mission. And so as we've grown in our understanding of this, we've been able to serve each other better, but also we've been able to serve our community better as well. So we hope that this has been helpful for you. And um, last week, we got to ask uh, three of your leaders some questions about their experience with this gift. Normally, you know, at this portion of the service, we really reserve this portion for direct teaching the Word of God. But this has been really meaningful to just create um, some time for some family discussion surrounding these gifts. And you all are blessed, I probably don't have to tell you, uh, to have leaders who are really modeling this in front of you. Um, I mentioned last week that it's, it's really great to learn about you know, the way God's grace works in us, in part because we grow in our self-understanding. But something else really beautiful happens, too, where we grow in our understanding of each other. So we don't just understand ourselves better, but I get to understand you better um, as we understand how God's grace manifests in our lives. And that lets us serve together with more effectiveness and love. It lets us be the family that God has called us to be. So we have uh, three of your leaders here, and I'm going to ask you guys, just in case we have any visitors, to introduce yourselves. And then it would be great if you could identify the gifting that you um, most identify with. And I would say if you are still, you know, because this is probably the case for you too, um, some of you might be sure, like, yeah, I'm more apostolic, I'm more prophetic, I'm more of an evangelist. Or you might be on a journey of discovery, and you're not completely sure yet. And so um, if you guys are kind of on a journey of discovery, say that. But if you're 100% sure, say that. All right? <laughs> so your name and then what you identify with. <laughs> so. uh, my name is Jake, and I would say at this point, I feel pretty confident that I would identify primarily with profit, but I also think that I would identify with evangelists too on that list. So, But I am on a bit of a journey. Hi, I'm Kiara, and I am an apostle, and obviously I'm deeply confident in that. Um, okay, that's where I'm at in my journey. <laughs> I am Brooke, and um, so most people around me would say that I'm apostolic, and um, 
Yeah, I think for me, um, I kind of see parts of a lot of different things. And one of the things that I think probably makes that maybe a little more clear recently is that when something is missing, often if you're apostolic, you're going to fill in the gap. So like um, there's times like right now, I would say like my like shepherd hat is like really high because it's what we need in the body. (laughs) Um, And so I think, you know, that kind of makes it a little confusing sometimes, but that when it's, you know, given that the apostolic will do that, it makes more sense that it's confusing. So there you go. So I'm surrounded by three apostles. That's great. <laughs> Whatever I'm going to say, they're going to be like. It's going to be great. Yeah, I wanted to pull out the, the journey because I've, I've uh, you know, walked with you guys in different ways in your, your journeys, you know, into understanding where you fit in this. And I think for each of you, it's morphed, you know, over time as you've just grown in your understanding. You know, Brooke, you mentioned other people speaking into it. I think that's a huge part of understanding how race works in us, right, is the observations of the family, right? Um, but also just doing it, right? We just, we just get to work in ministry. We just serve in the places where God has put us and called us. Um, and in time, we, we, you know, discover that there's this grace, you know, on our life. So today, um, we want to focus our questions a bit on what I would call like the God-ordained tensions between these gifts. So Jesus was all five of these, right? Perfectly. He's our chief apostle, our chief prophet. He's our chief evangelist, shepherd, teacher. But by design, he's made it so that really not one of us is all five of these things, right? So that we see Jesus on the earth today in the body, right? As we are a family on mission, that's the picture of Jesus that's on the earth today, right? As his spirit is working in us. And so it means that there's some tensions present um, in these gifts. And if you're on a team with people who are gifted differently than you, uh, you will feel these tensions. So I want to ask each of you, what is one of the gifts aside from your own that you feel creates the most tension yours, right? It doesn't mean anything's wrong. You just feel the pull, you know, of that other gift. So which one would you say, yeah, if this, if, if someone has that gift on my team, I'm going to feel the pull, you know, of it. And then just what does that look or feel like for you? Um, you know, what, what's that like for you internally? I think what jumps into to my head and being, you know, somebody who, in the apostolic gift, which we've, you know, talked about over the weeks, I often see the direction to go. Like, it's just so clear. I'm like, here's where we have to go. Like, we're going here. And, um, you know, this is what has to happen and all these things. And I'm like, I mean, I am like 10 miles ahead. And so the one who's going to be the hardest is going to be the shepherd because they're like, no, no, no. Like, you're going to like mix up the people again. You're going to like, you know, mess this thing up. And, you know, and so I think, you know, they're one that's kind of like pulling back more. And so um, over time, I've, you know, learned to kind of recognize this and have come to appreciate the perspective of the shepherd who's saying, what about the people? Wait a minute, we have to slow down. And so for me, like taking a step back and, you know, taking that, that pause or letting it just be that it's like, I know we could have been here 10 months ago, but it took 10 months to get people to the place where they were ready to come along to where it's supposed to be heading. And so 
like to just kind of like sit in the place with Jesus of praying through this and, you know, maybe putting seeds out there of, you know, this is where, you know, I think we're supposed to go. Um, and then gently bringing people along and not getting so frustrated by the pullback um, of that. Yeah, so I just want to point out there, just talking about like the issue of people's feelings in these gifts, right? There's something, there's a way grace manifests in the apostolic that part of the grace is to actually move forward in spite of people's feelings, right? But then there's something in the shepherd that knows how to move forward with people's feelings, right? So there, there, and you heard, and right at the end, you were saying, like, to not get frustrated. I think it's good to acknowledge as we acknowledge what it looks and feels like, that sometimes it can actually feel like frustration, right? Like, in the moment that the tension popping up, the way it can feel is like frustration, right? Because grace is actually working in paradox somehow. Jesus does both those things, right? Moves in spite of people's feelings and moves with people's feelings, right? Jesus knows how to do both those things. And now it's happening on the team, right? Now hurt, Jake. Look at this deferring up here. They're modeling for you. Okay, fine. Um, so I, I think I, I find the most tension with other apostles. Because I think we're all the Bobs in the body. We're all the Bobs, the builders. And... Um, like, if I'm building something and you're building something, a lot of times that, that doesn't mean we both have the same way of thinking about how the thing should be built. Um, but that doesn't mean either way is right or wrong. And I think I was asking our, our team about this earlier because I was like, is that, is that bad to say? Um, but that's super scriptural. I think that happened um, with Paul. And what was the other homie's name? Barnabas. <laughs> Paul and Barnabas got in an argument like the same situation over John Mark um, because there was two different visions about how things should be built. So I found that um, I find a lot of tension with other apostles. And for me, if, if this is bad, but it is what it is, if I immediately start to get irritated, I start to think, oh, you might be an apostle. Okay. <laughs> you have thoughts about building, but thinking about people, not like they're the villain, but that their gifting is coming alive helps me like listen to them and care about what they have to say. So that's the first one. And the second one for me is when the gifts are imbalanced, um, whatever gift is dominant, leaving the other gifts not being seen, that gift I have a problem with. Not like they're bad. I'm gonna stop saying problem. Um, <laughs> tension, thank you. Um, like for example, right now the prophetic is really high. We have people in our body who just like wanna look at Jesus and see Jesus and run to Jesus and I love that. I'm here for the prophecy, but also we need sound teaching. Also we need um, the nations. When you gave that word about the nations, I had that same thing in my heart. So that was super significant for me. Um, so we need the evangelists to be alive. We need the teachers to give clarity. We need the pastors um, to care about the people that we're shepherding. So for me, like Brooke, we've both been like, what about the other gifts? Come on. <laughs> That's where the tension is. We're unified on this one. <laughs> Go us. Go us. <laughs> you don't want to be in staff meeting with us. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, I, initially, I was going to say, so as prophet, I was going to say shepherd, but um, I think I'll go with teacher, just since Brooke already spoke to shepherd. 
And I think it makes sense because as we've been talking about some, you know, like the, Jesus says that the, the church is built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And it makes sense to me that there's also going to be giftings that are supposed to actually like pull against that in a healthy way, you know? Like we create these healthy tensions that actually keep us in the place Jesus wants us. And I think in this case, like shepherd and teacher can operate in a similar way where it's like a lot of times the apostle and the prophet is actually operating in this way that's like we're coming through the heartbeat of the Lord in this way that creates challenge. It can create gray area. And, um, and uncomfortability. And then there's this other side, this healthy tension with shepherds and teachers. It's like, hey, we're in touch with the heartbeat of the people. And to go ahead of that is actually not honored to the Lord either. And so we're both seeing the Lord, but through these different ways. And so I could speak about shepherd, but I think teacher's a good one too for prophets, because if I'm really operating in that gift in this way where I'm just like, okay, you're, you're getting revelation from the Lord and you're releasing it and you're moving forward. And, and sometimes like apostles can move far ahead, um, prophets can too. Okay. Um, and, uh, and so teachers can be like, hey, where's the context for this? You know, three things just happened in the room. Three things were just released. We're pretty sure people aren't fully understanding what's going on, you know? So where the tension can come in is be, where I, as if I'm operating in that gift, what I can think is, hey, it, the Lord's here. I don't want to stop anything we're doing to give any context but that's not really wise either, you know, where like without the word of the Lord, we have teaching, which is great, but we need the word of the Lord to give context too. So they're supposed to work together, but you can feel tension sometimes when it's like, hey, I don't really want to stop to give context, but we actually need to. And so when the voice of the teacher comes in, it can feel like tension, um, but in maturity, it's actually really healthy. So. Brother is teaching. Um. And that, I love what Jake is saying, too, because the prophet and the teacher both have a deep regard for the Word of God. But how it's living out in the moment is kind of different. Um, the teacher is really coming—well, they're both coming from the, uh, the authority of Scripture, but how it's, it's moving. One is, is more interested in the discipleship of the people, bringing them along, and one is more interested in the movement towards God in this moment. But both, if you have both, you got good discipleship and movement towards the Lord, which is like— 10 out of 10 would recommend. And, and just to point out the paradox there of grace between the prophet and the teacher, um, and you guys are saying it beautifully, the teacher often cares about context and understanding and all those things. That's a grace the teacher has is to bring understanding, right, to the body. Um, part of the grace of the prophet actually feels like a paradox, and it's to interrupt without context and to create um, a lack of understanding, actually intentionally. Think about John the Baptist, right? He's so weird, you know? And he does this precisely so that people realize they don't know something, right? So that people realize, because sometimes the grace of God is showing us that we don't know something. And sometimes the grace of God is bringing us understanding, right? And so God's grace works in both those ways, right? Um, and so we make room for it in our relationships. So you guys have already spoken to this a little bit, but I would love for you to speak a little more to just how, you know, the tension that's present in someone else, you know? We, we've already used some words like, you know, frustration could come up or I'm not sure or whatever. We, I hope what you're hearing is we want you to catch those moments and realize that it might not be that something's wrong, 
it might actually be that Jesus is in the room, that grace is present, right? So when you feel that tension with someone else, what has it looked like for that gifting, same or different? I thought you pulled out something really great with it being the same, because that's true for some of these gifts. Um, how does it make your gift better? Like, how is your gift enhanced by the tension instead of just trying to avoid it? Can I go first? Okay, listen, let me tell you about my personal struggles. <laughs> I love building things, both things from Ikea and things in like the body. That's a special gift thing. I think so. To Invite want to, to your build house, things from Ikea, things. I don't get I it. I love it. Um, <laughs> a lot of people to take you up on that. <laughs> hey, just when I need to move some more, I, I will be expecting that in return. Um, no, but I, I love to build things, but my capacity to hold things long term is really, really low. Like I can put the pieces in place to get them started, but I can't keep this house going over time. So if you leave me in a spot long enough, and I think I'm still growing in maturity, so this is where I'm at in my apostolic journey. But if you leave me in a spot long enough, the, start will, the spot will start to fall apart because I can start it. I can't keep it. And so I thank God for the other gifts because um, the other gifts start to come around me and challenge me not, not to um, cause shame or weirdness, anything like that, but to make this thing long-term. If you're building the walls, I can say there needs to be a wall here. Here are five bricks. The people need to come along and say, here's six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Here's what you need to do to get the rest up. So that is how the other gifts have helped me when I feel that tension. I think it's creating a culture of honor that just, you know, for me, it's like recognizing that it's like we all need each other. And so a super practical example is like in the last year, as we're trying to, you know, to figure out these next steps for the gospel tab, um, this is like super passionate on my heart. But one of the things that I realized, I'm like, I didn't want it to be like Steve and I, like just sitting at a table together, you know, and so we talk through, we're like, we actually need the fivefold around the table. So we intentionally put the fivefold around the table as we're talking about like, where do we go, you know, um, at, at the tab. And, you know, one of the things that for me, you know, was frustrating on the, the timing part of things, you know, like in the last year, like last summer, I was like, I knew exactly you know, in my head and not in perfect, <laughs> like I'm sure there were parts that were, you know, not right, but I was like, I could see exactly like the gaps that were needed. Um, and so, you know, for me, I really like, I, like the Lord was like, here's the teacher, here's the pastor, here's the evangelist, you know, like here's, and then in the pause of the timing of things, like some of those um, pieces kind of fell away or some of the, um, the, the specific components, you know, weren't still there to be able to build with. And so there was like a huge frustration for me. Um, but I've learned in, as God is like refining my character in this place, like he just spoke to my heart so clearly. And he was like, Brooke, I'm bigger than all the holes. And like, even though this person is no longer here for exactly who you thought was the one to like do this component, I'm just gonna fill in the gaps. And so it's just like, I think for me, like the more I'm like realizing, it's so much more of like a, a less of me and a more of others. And the more he grows me in my gifting, it's actually seeing the giftings of others so clear to say, 
here's what God's calling you to. Here's what he's calling you to. Can we do this together? Can we fill you in this place? And letting him build up the other gifts around um, in the places that are needed. So, um, and like I said, I think he's just growing more and more in me, a humility to not have to be, you know, not have to, you know, be in charge or be this, you know, like upfront thing. It's like actually like, no, like you, you know, can see something, but then put other people in there and you go low and let them be the, the ones that are even seen in the places. Yeah, I would say, um, again, I'll speak from like the perspective of prophet um, on this, that I think the other gifts honestly give context to my gifting, which is super important. Like if I, if I just live in a hole with eight other people who have that same gifting, it's like, it's cool. It's great. We're always like hearing revelation from the Lord, but A, it might not always turn into something. It might not turn into the lost being found. It might not cause deeper discipleship in people, and there might not be apostolic direction to take us somewhere with it, right? We're just sitting around getting revelation from the Lord. <laughs> and, uh, and so the other giftings actually give context to my gift. And I would say in an environment like I feel here at the tab, where there is fivefold in leadership, there's fivefold in the body, it gives guardrails for you to run with your gifting. You know what I mean? Like if there is pastoral guardrails, there's teaching guardrails, there's apostolic guardrails, then if I'm getting something prophetic, I'm not always going to do it right. You know, there's moments where I can just run ahead and I realize, oh, you know, I did that this morning. Like that happens in these kinds of gatherings. Um, but when those guardrails are in place, I, I feel confidence to just be who I am and, and roll in my gifting. And when those things are in place, then the gift actually like really matters. You know, like it's when the most fruit comes from it. Um, so yeah, that's what I'd say. Yeah, I've heard people say that, you know, when all five of these are really working together in a calibrated way, um, it's, it's like a tornado, like touching earth, you know, like what, what God's will and design is, is here because we get a fuller picture of Jesus, right? As we see him at work in each other, right? We have a fuller picture of what he's doing. Now I use that word calibration because I'm not sure that balance is the goal. Like, like different, different churches, different times, different seasons need different giftings. You know what I mean? And, and Jesus was not perfectly balanced in all of these, right? In every, everywhere he went, right? He brought, he brought what was needed, right? As the father was speaking. And so the question is always, what is God saying, right? And, but as we are kind of in this dance together, right? Um, we get a clearer picture of what Jesus is. Our, our last question, I had a, it was a two-prong question, but I want to focus in on one part of it because you guys are doing such a good job talking about the, the honoring piece, the interdependence piece. Um, you know, like Kiara, you were talking about how there is, there is something in the apostolic that can initiate, but is often not there to see it to maturity. That's just not what that gifting is even for, right? Um, that can create frustration in other people, right? The criticism can begin towards all these gifts, right? Um, that's like, oh, that person just starts things and never finishes it, right? And it can just, and we do have to mature. You were humble and like, you know, mentioned we have our own journeys in maturity. But I also want to ask, what does it feel like? Or can you give an example when one of the other gifts that maybe you're in tension with has celebrated you? You know what I mean? Like not tried to change you, because um, I think that's important with these giftings. Like, we want maturity, we, we want context, all these things we're saying, but we don't want people to have to change who they are, right? 
because this is who God made them to be. So can you think of a time when you just have felt really celebrated by one of the other gifts that didn't have to celebrate you, but they saw you for who you are and can love you, even though you're different? And what has that done for you? Yeah, does anybody else want to go first? Okay. I have two examples. Um, okay, can I, can I talk about people real specifically? Okay. As long as you're not saying something bad about them. <laughs> no, not in this moment. Okay. Um, one person I'll talk about by name and one person I won't because I love them and that is how I can honor both of them. Um, so there are moments where I, I feel like I'm just flowing in the direction that I should be going in. And I don't necessarily know if this is always like right or good or safe or any of those things, but I'm just flowing in the direction that I feel like I'm going and I, the Lord is leading me in. Um, and I really appreciate John, this John, in my life. Other Johns are great. But <laughs> this John in my life, because very often he'll come back with just like sound clarity, like almost like a a post that's like you you are near this thing that is stable and solid and I've been so grateful for that because I'm just like Wah! you know wherever I feel like we should be going and, but I do I'm not just running anywhere I am feeling like I'm following the Lord but it's often not as clear as I want it to be and John will come back and be like this made sense because of A, B, and C and I'll say thank God Thank God for A, B, and C. So I really honor John in that. Um, and then this weekend, I had a dear friend. Um, she's a dear friend and sister of mine. I was moving my house, and I had, like, given all the instructions that I could give at the moment to help everybody get boxes and all that kind of stuff. And then I just ran out of capacity to, like, handle every single little thing. Like, there was my whole kitchen was still unreadied. And if you know anything about moving, you probably need to have a kitchen in your next place so you can eat. And I just didn't have that piece. And I, had, I didn't have any more capacity. I was just done. And I went to her, and I was like, I need help. And she was like, I got you. And she just methodically like took care of what needed to be taken care of in those moments, even when I couldn't instruct her because I just run out of capacity at where I was. And I think her gifting is probably pastoral. Um, and so she just was like coming around me in that moment, not to shame me, but to support what I needed. And I always like feel teary eyed when I think about the role that the pastors have played in my life. When I run out of capacity, they've brought me soup <laughs> they've, they've, they've helped me clean my house. They've given me a hug. They brought me a can opener. They've done like little things like that for me, which has just been such a deep gift. And so I'm grateful. Um, just, to, just to interject here, I just love that Kiara just teased out an example from like moving, you know, her house. Um, we've given some examples here about like life at the gospel tab, like in our organization or something. But that's not really actually where most of these giftings play out. Like most of these giftings don't play out in a church organization. They play out in our lives, right? They play out in our relationships and the places where we actually are the family on mission and, and we're walking beside each other, right? Through these things. Um, and so I love that example. And yeah, it might not be appropriate, but if I can just interject, you know, Kiara has experienced John, uh, 
you know, she's experienced this dynamic with him as primarily a teacher and interacting with his apostolic, with her apostolic gifting. That's clearly been the case for me as well. And let me just say this about John, but it's true about many of you as, as well. Um, John does have one of those gifts that, for instance, can exist in tension with the apostolic, but he never tries to make apostolic leaders be like him. You know? And that's why he's able to roll with so many apostolic leaders, right? Because he knows how to live in that tension and love without trying to make us him or demand that we be like him or something like that, right? And when that happens, then, man, you can really roll with people, you know, and see God do some cool things and get to be part of some cool things. So, anyway. Um, all right, an example for me would be in a corporate worship gathering like this, but in an environment where I, it's not my home base, you know, it's not the tab, it's not where I'm usually at, I'm maybe more of like a guest or it's on a mix of random people. And I think you would probably be the person I've experienced this with the most, but where an apostolic leader makes room for the prophetic and qualifies it. So that is so huge. Because if I go into a different environment and I, maybe I don't know what the unwritten rules are, you know, about what corporate worship is going to look like here, where are the boundaries, you know, you kind of learn where, where, where as a body we gather all the time, we learn where we're at together. But when you're in a random environment, you don't know that. It could be easy for me to just kind of say, all right, I don't know, so I'm just going to put the whole prophetic thing, tuck it away, and let's just do the safe thing. And, that, and there's, there's times where that's actually like honoring to the Lord to just like play it safe. But in those environments where an apostolic leader will uh, come up and make space for the prophetic or honor in a way, it, A, I mean, it, it just like feels good, you know, because it's like, oh, that's cool. They, they saw that this is a thing, but also it just gives me room then to kind of like do what I'm supposed to do or what how, lead how I'm supposed to lead. Um, so I've experienced that sometimes with you um, and other places too. Um, yeah, and I've experienced the other side of it as well where that hasn't happened. Um, and it's like, okay, I'll just kind of tuck it away, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. Because part of the tension with the apostle and the prophet, right, is that apostolic leaders always want to move, That's activate, right. and get to the That's next right. thing, and prophetic folks want to wait, Right. Um, and so that's some of the tension, right? And those giftings. I've once told Steve, I was like, Steve, I get exhausted waiting as long as you want to wait, you know, on the Lord. <laughs> and he said to me, I get exhausted watching you run to the next thing in ministry <laughs> all the time. But we learned, right, that that's not yeah. a point of criticism between that's us. Right. That's actually strength, right, in our relationship. And sometimes, you guys have experienced this at the tabs, sometimes if you wait, long enough, just because we waited, God shows up and does something, right? When we were thought we were done waiting, you know? And God's like that sometimes, right? And the prophets bring that to us. They bring to us that, that ability to expand our capacity, right? To wait, Lord. Come to it. Yeah, I just think, man, relationship is so key in this stuff. Um, because I, th I was thinking, I was reflecting on this, um, like coming into today, and I was like, what's the difference between tensions and conflicts within these things? And I actually think that the difference is relationship. Because where there isn't strong relationship, like Steve and Joel are a great example of that, but we can point to others within our body. Where there's strong relationship, you do live in healthy tensions, but they actually are healthy. And, but where relationship is lacking, 
and trust is lacking, I think assumptions start to happen. So like looking at the apostle and the prophet and the prophet in this environment, um, if I'm not in real relationship with an apostolic leader and they're just like pushing ahead into a direction where maybe I'm thinking in my heart, we should just wait on the Lord a little longer. If there's not a relationship there, in my immaturity, it's so easy for me to start to make assumptions. Oh, they just, they're uncomfortable with the waiting. They're not mature enough to like know that the Lord could speak. Those are not true things, but I make assumptions. And I think I'm not an apostle, but I could kind of guess it the other way, right? Oh, they just don't know what they're doing. They're just sitting there giving no context. Like the Lord, we could be, so much could be happening right now. And we're just, so without relationship, we all start to do that. I think we will all start to make assumptions about one another's intentions and what was mature and what's immature. Uh, but where there's relationship and I can trust, even when that leader's leading in a way that's different than what I'm thinking is even needed in the moment, like I'm actually able to trust what they're doing. And that's when Paul talks about it being built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. I think that's what he means most. So, yeah, that's so important. Yeah, I think one, I mean, so many examples are flooding in my head, but one um, that's really coming to mind that, you know, I'm trying to think of like kind of outside of the church necessarily, um, but um, Michael and I, our background, our church background um, did not um, have space for the um, apostolic and the prophetic. Like it was like we grew up in backgrounds that kind of like, there's a lot of denominations that would say that those have ceased and so it's the other three gifting, which you can hear, like, in this room, like, what would be missing, you know, in that. And so Michael and I, you know, have been a part of this journey as um, revival started at the tab, you know, about, you know, 10 years ago or so. And um, we chose to step in and to stay in the weirdness. <laughs> we were like, we don't know what God is doing. This is so far outside of actually even our theology. Um, and so we, you know, we chose to stay and to see what God wanted to do. And then God showed us that we were an apostle and a prophet, <laughs> which is actually really funny. And so our giftings, it's really interesting in a marriage relationship, having those two together, that's not necessarily a, a common mix. <laughs> and so I am like ready to go. And like, I see all these things and Michael's, you know, hearing from the Lord and he's like this, like, you know, kind of like pulling back. And, um, but the beautiful thing is, is that God's created in this marriage relationship where we have ministry all over the place in our workplaces, you know, for me with Remax, for me, like wherever, like the Lord puts me and Michael is my biggest champion. And he's like, go you know, like, go, like, I see this, like, go, and, like, just, like, affirms what God's doing, and then there's been this learning of, like, he's right, like, this needs to stay, and my discernment is really low, like, I am, like, a glass half full, and, like, I believe the best in everyone, and Michael's, like, mm-mm, <laughs> like, no, you're totally reading that wrong, like, you know, and I'm, like, oh, okay, you know, and so it's this beautiful, like, um, back and forth that the Lord has given us. And it's just been really funny to watch this, um, you know, develop in something that we didn't even know existed. Talk about an example of relationship being the key between the gifts working together. That's awesome. Totally. Yeah. So um, we hope this has been helpful for you guys. You guys shared awesome. Today. Thank you so much. And I was thinking as I was hearing you guys talk, it, again, our, our tendency because we, we want to walk fully in our calling, I think is to think about these gifts and to, and to kind of look at ourselves. Like, you know, how do I use this? How do I steward it? How do I, 
is that just as I'm hearing you guys talk, it's interesting to think about what love looks and feels like for the other gift. You know, like like if I if I love the the prophet in the family, sometimes I'm just gonna create room for them to wait on the Lord and I'm just gonna wait with them, you know, because that's their sweet spot. That's what loving if I'm gonna love the evangelist in the family, I'm not gonna demand they be at every church function and be around Christians all the time, you know, because it's gonna drive them crazy, you know? And the family is gonna say to them, hey, you don't have to be at everything. Like, go be, you know, around unbelievers. We, we'll see you when you get home, you know, and we'll bless you and we'll have pastors ready to minister to you, you know, but go, you know? Um, there's times when we're just gonna let the teacher overwhelm us with information about ancient Near East history, right? <laughs> because this is important, right? <laughs> We're just gonna, right? Because that's what love looks like, right? Is creating room for the way Jesus is working us. What a beautiful picture. And that is what Jesus said would attract people to us, right? It's not the power of these gifts by themselves, but the love that we have for each other, right? Is what would be attractive to the world. Um, as we close here, I just want to let you know um, that Gospel Tab DNA course um, is going to have, that's going to start on Sunday nights, is going to have a lot of the material from what the network has called Calling Lab in it. And Calling Lab is about discovering your gifting, including your fivefold gifting. So if you want to go deeper on the stream of discovery, that Sunday night opportunity is a great one. The network will also hold, they just hosted a Calling Lab. Some of you were part of it this last weekend but they will hold another one, uh, I think sometime in the winter, right? And, um, and then just the last thing, if we can throw it up on the screen, twice a year, our network um, hosts a mini conference, it used to be called Launch, now it's called Activate, and it will be held here again at the Gospel Tab on October 20th. If you've never been, this is just a prayer-saturated environment to learn to live like a missionary, begin learning, live, begin to learn what it looks like to live like a missionary in your context. Many of you have already been to this. Um, it's a catalytic event for us, an important event for us. So let me give you this challenge. If you've never been, come. But if you have been, here's my challenge to you, is to bring someone else, to bring that next person that's hungry, that you see growing, that's trying to figure out their calling, that they want to live on mission with Jesus. Uh, we've had people show up at this event and decide that they need to plan a church. We've had people show up and decide they need to launch that business or ministry that they've been thinking about. We've had people show up and decide that they need to move to the neighborhood that God was calling them to. Um, this is just a place where people hear the voice of the Lord, so we'd love for you to come. So, all right.